Go with me to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Okay? So um, uh, these last two years for me as a pastor, I just want to take the time to celebrate. I, I, I've been so thankful to see what God's been doing at The Rock. I feel like God's done some great things in the last two years. As a pastor here at The Rock for about a decade, these last two years have been specially sweet. I've, I've seen some fruit that has brought a lot of joy to my life. And there, are, there has been certain things that we focus in the last two years that, that I want to take note of and say, thank you, Lord, you moved in those areas. Number one, uh, we really dedicated ourselves, I think, in the last two years in understanding the Word of God and having a firm foundation of understanding the gospel and the truth of the kingdom. And I see people growing and understanding the Word of God and growing in discernment. And that makes me happy because the church needs to have discernment, right? So let's just give thanks to God for that. Amen. And then the second thing is that I've seen people grow in hearing from the Lord and allowing the gifts of the Holy Spirit to operate in their lives. And it's a beautiful thing when people have a firm foundation in the Scripture and are sound in the Word and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to them and they hear from God. That brings about a wonderful, beautiful thing for the life of the church. And I've seen people excited about hearing from God and the gifts operating through them. And in that, I've seen some growth. So can we give thanks to God for that? Amen. Obviously, we want to continue to grow in those areas, and those are things that we're going to hone in on more. But one, one of the things that we want to do this year, that I think it just goes right along with what the, the Holy Spirit has been doing these last couple of years, is that we're going to be focusing on walking by faith. As we grow in hearing the Word and understanding the Word and in hearing Jesus and following the lead of the Spirit and operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, all of that is going to propel us to walk by faith, right? Now, of course, we've been walking on fa by faith. If we believe the Word of God and if we're operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, all of that is by faith. But, but what I mean is, is that this year as a church, our focus will be very intentional about how do we continue to see what God's doing in your life, in your families, in your community? How is God stirring up the gifts in you? What are the urgencies that God's putting in your heart? And how do we as a church get behind that and begin to walk by faith together as one? And so we're going we're gonna to talk a lot about that throughout this coming month. And I'm just excited because we're going to walk by faith. And this month, as we go through this fast, we're going to talk about what faith is and what faith means and how important it is that we as a church walk by faith. And because of that, I, I felt like it's necessary today to just look at the scriptures that tell us what faith is about. And so if you go with me to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, the Bible defines faith to us this way. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. In other words, Faith is that solid confidence that we have in Jesus Christ for us, the believers. Faith for us is that solid confidence, unwavering confidence that we have in Jesus Christ, who is who we hope for. And faith is that heartfelt conviction of that which can't be seen with our natural eyes, which is the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of the kingdom of God, which is the hope that awaits us in heaven, right? Faith is the evidence. You know, that word is used against the church a lot. You know, where's your evidence for what you believe? Faith is the evidence. It's, the, it's, it's what we hold on to. Faith is the very foundation of our lives that we hold on to as we wait for that which God has promised, which, by the way, we're 
totally convicted of the fact that they exist even though we don't see them with our natural eyes because we don't live by our natural eyes. We walk by faith and not by sight. Now, I don't know about you, but I found out real early in my life that I can have faith in the wrong things and in the wrong thinking. So it's that we, I don't have faith anymore on just for faith's sake. I have faith in Jesus. I don't have faith in faith alone. I don't have hope for hope's sake, right? Having hope for hope's sake could be very depressing. My faith is in Jesus Christ. Now, I have a friend who said to me, oh, this was so funny, Carlos, my, my boy, I, you know, my, my toddler, I gave him a Batman outfit and then had a cape. And that boy got on that couch and he just threw himself ready to fly. And midair, he realized he was more penguin than hawk. <laughs> he was a flightless bird and gravity got a hold of him. That boy had his faith in the cape. He thought, well, I got a cape, so I must be able to fly, right? And sometimes there are false beliefs that we put our faith in that, you know, are going to render us flightless birds. You know, some people say, well, you know, I have all the time in the world to make up for the things that I've done wrong. It's not true. Some people would say, uh, you know, whatever it, whatever it may be, ignorance is bliss. That's not true. And there could be a lot of wrong things. Oh, well, you know, things are going to get better tomorrow. Even if I don't do anything about it to change the circumstances today, I just believe things are going to be better tomorrow. Why? Because you just have to believe. But you're not going to change anything? No. Okay. Good luck with that. Right? I mean, we can have wrong thinking and our faith placed in the wrong things. As believers, we don't just have faith for faith's, faith's sake. We don't just have hope for hope's sake. Our faith is placed on the person, Jesus Christ. My faith is in him. And so... Uh, because my faith is in Jesus, then, the statement of faith of what faith is, is this. I know who Jesus is. I have a relationship with him. I believe what he's done for me, so much so that all of my life is anchored in him, founded in him. It, everything, all of my strength is found in him. And because of that, it informs the way I see the world altogether. Not only this world, but life after this world. So, even death, I see through my relationship in Jesus. We as believers don't see death like the world would see it. Why? Because death to us is not the end. It's just a taxi to better life. Death to us is like an usher saying, man, aren't you glad that's over? Let's get on with the good stuff. Right? Like that's the reality. And I know that that may sound crazy, but that's something that we have to ask ourselves. When you think of death, are you... What's going on in your heart and in your mind? Are you thinking about eternity? Are you thinking about the joy that it will be to be with Jesus face to face? Are you thinking about those things? Or is there an uncertainty in you, in us, that we have to deal with? Paul had faith in Jesus. And his faith informed the way that he did life and definitely informed the way he looked forward or the way he looked at the reality of death. So here's another scripture that tells us how faith is manifested in the life of a person. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1 on down. I decided to read the New Living Translation, the NLT, because I feel like it's a, it's a more understandable one uh, here. And so I'm going to read that, and it reads this way. For we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is, when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. In other words, he's referring to the body as if it were a house. 
And he's actually saying, well, you know, our bodies here on this earth is not even a house. It's like a tent. <laughs> some, some of our tents got holes here and there, you know. Right? But it's going to pass away. And the good news is this. When we get to heaven, we're going to receive a house. We're going to replace this tent for a house. Okay. Verse 2. We grow weary in our present bodies, and we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing. For we will put on heavenly bodies. We will not be spirits without bodies. While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh. But it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. Here's the perspective. For those who have their faith in Jesus, they go from lesser life to greater life. It's like this little spark of life, this breath that God's given us on loan is swallowed up by the fullness of God without limitations. I cannot even imagine what that's going to be like, right? Now, God himself has prepared us for this. You know God's preparing you for that reality? Even right now in the process of your body going through the motions that everybody's body goes through, God is preparing you to receive your house in him. And as a guarantee of that reality, he has given you his Holy Spirit. So we are always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. For we live by believing and not by seeing. In other words, we walk by faith and not by sight. For we live by believing and not by seeing. Yes, we are fully confident. And we would rather be away from these earthly bodies, for then we will be at home with the Lord. So whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please him. For we must all stand before Christ to be judged, and we will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. Powerful scripture. Paul shares with us how faith is manifested in the life of the true follower of Jesus Christ. And here I just want to point out certain things that faith leads us. When someone has faith in Jesus, when somebody places their faith in Jesus, these are some things that you can expect in that individual. Number one, faith leads us to live our lives with a hopeful expectation of greater things to come. Faith leads us to live our lives with a hopeful expectation that greater things are to come. I want to give you some very disturbing descriptions of life in Scripture here on this side of earth. Now, I want you to know, I enjoy this life. I'm thankful for the life that God's given me. I'm enjoying it. I'm thankful for all that God's given me. But I understand that this is not the end, right? I'm looking forward to the life after. Because the Bible gives us three descriptions of life here on earth. Number one, life is but a breath. One breath, not many breath, just one. Life is but one breath. Go, do that with me. That's what Scripture tells us life really is. That's how minute life is in light of eternity. Here's another example. Life is but a vapor that comes and vanishes right away. Here, here's another one. Life is but grass. I wish I had grass now. Right? Life is but grass that springs up and dies. Right? It's, it's a... Terrible reality, kind of morbid when you think about it that way. But it's not for the believer. You know why? Because this is just momentary for us, and we know that we're going to race to new life in Jesus where our joy and our peace and our healing will be utterly complete without shame, without guilt. 
Ain't that good news? Anybody excited about that? I'm expecting to see more smiles here. Somebody's got to be excited that Jesus is coming. Amen. Life, life eternal is much better than this life. And the person who has their faith in Jesus lives with a hopeful expectation of greater things to come. Life on this side of eternity cannot be compared to that which God has for us. And Paul was not afraid to declare that truth, that, that eternity is much better. And he had in mind always thinking about the rewards that he would receive when that time came. And, and that's something that I ask myself all the time. How much do I think and meditate on the rewards that I have when Jesus comes for me? Because if you read Paul's letters in the New Testament, I know all of you are reading your New Testament in the new year. It's a great resolution, right? Over and over and over again, Paul speaks of the rewards that he'll receive from God. He is constantly paying attention, talking about the fact that, hey, no matter what I go through here on earth, I, I can go through these things. I count all things as lost for the sake of knowing Jesus Christ. I'm willing to know Jesus in his suffering so that I would know him in resurrection power. He tells Timothy, hey, my life has been poured out like a drink offering, and I'm about to take off, and it's your turn to take the anointing and the ministry, and my father is waiting for me, and he's going to give me a crown, and I'm so excited. Right? He's constantly thinking about, I want you to ask yourself, how excited are you about eternity? How excited are you about eternal rewards? When was the last time you sat with another believer and just had a conversation about heaven and what that's going to be like? Ten, ten reasons we should be excited about eternity. For those who follow Jesus, the Bible says Jesus is preparing a room for us. That's exciting to me. He's preparing a city for us. Now get this, Jesus is hanging out on heaven. <laughs> hanging out. Jesus is on the cross. There's a, a thief next to him. says, would you remember me? And Jesus says, today you're going to be with me in paradise. The thing we do is we think of paradise in our own way. But what is paradise from Jesus' eyes? Just think about that reality. Some of us are parents of toddlers. Paradise to us is a room alone where we can read a book and call Oh, paradise! Right? Right? Okay. There's a couple of mamas who understand what I'm talking about, right? Paradise. Can you imagine what that's going to be like? Jesus says, You're, we're going to be with him in paradise. It's a good reason to be excited. We're going to see him face to face without anything hindering us. And it's going to be a joyous celebration. It's not for judgment. It will be for pure joy that we stand before the Father, seeing him face to face. Anybody excited about that? We will no longer suffer or have pain or be in sick or, or cry tears of agony and of sorrow because of sin sickness. Anybody excited about that? There will be no more death. We will eat from the tree of life. We will see fully without hindrance. We will bless. He, he, will, he will bless us to be a part of his work. That's part of the, that's, whoa, I don't know what I'm doing to this mic, but I'm doing something. The mic is excited with me. 
part of, part of what excites me of heaven is what I know of scripture is that when Adam and Eve were created by God, immediately God employed them to be a part of his creative process. And he said, look, I made these animals. I want you to name them. Right? He says, I created all this universe. Now I want you to sit and just enjoy it, rest, delight in what I've created. Can you imagine when this earth is recreated and we have access to God in his throne and here on earth as God's recreating, restored everything, he gives us dominion and authority and he says, hey, why don't you come up with me? Let's do this together. That's exciting stuff to me. That is not a boring church service. Can a brother say amen? amen. Right? These are exciting things to me. And here's something that really excites me. There will be not one ounce of shame. Not one ounce. You and I will, at that moment, forever, never again, struggle with shame. That's a big deal. I don't know about you, but I'm ready. I don't know about you, but I'm ready. Maybe somebody bring me the cordless mic so I'm not bugging people with this, and I'll work with that. Number one, faith leads us to live our lives with a hopeful expectation of greater things to come. Number two, faith leads us, faith strengthens us, faith strengthens us. Here we go. Let's do this. Faith strengthens us to put up with what we have to put up on this side of eternity. Right? Faith strengthens us to put up with the things that we have to put up with on this side of eternity. Whether it be pain from illness or whatever it may be, or whether it be suffering for our faith in Jesus Christ, we are willing to go through it. Why? Because we are keeping our eyes fixed on that which is to come. Glory to God. So faith strengthens us to be able to endure the things that we have to go through here in this life for Jesus. Paul understood this very well. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 7 on down, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. In other words, look, we're fragile vessels. We're like that cheap glass. But, you know, that's important because people need to know it's not about us. It's about the power of God that lives in us. And this is how we live life. We're hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. We go through persecution, but we're not abandoned. We're struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our bodies the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. In other words, Paul is saying this. Look, every day as we live for Jesus on this side of eternity, we pick up our cross. And every day there's a sacrifice. Every day there's a struggle. Every day there's problems that we face, challenges that we face for the sake of the kingdom. And they lead us to, uh, you know, Sometimes to despair, but we're not abandoned. Sometimes to persecution, but we know that we're not alone. But in the midst of all that, as we continue to go through great suffering, we do it joyfully. You know why? Because as we're doing this, we're bringing new life to you. And it's worth it to us. 
You know why it's worth it to us? Because as we're investing new life in you, we know that the only investment that we can take to heaven is the investment of souls, blessing people with the truth of the kingdom. And so because that matters, we're spending ourselves on this side of eternity so that in the other side of eternity, there's a reward that awaits us. That's incredible. I'm going to say something that's going to be kind of tough. But it is impossible. It is impossible to live for God and not sacrifice something. Following Jesus comes with a cost. No one here will feel like picking up their cross. It's an easy task. Following Jesus, he's laid a track for us. And we're supposed to follow in his footsteps. If the cross hurt Jesus, it's going to hurt us. There's a price that needs to be paid. And those who have faith in Jesus find the strength to go through and put up with whatever they have to put up with in this world for the sake of the kingdom. It's a sacrifice. Faith is not enthusiasm. You know, we may begin to be excited about something, and, you know, we think, well, that's going to be great if we do that. The question is, can we do the journey of faith? Everybody loves the story of faith. Not many people want to be the main actor in the story of faith. And God calls us to have a faith story for him. So number one, Faith leads us to have a hopeful expectation of that which is to come. Faith strengthens us to put up with whatever we need to put up on this side of eternity for the sake of that which is to come. And the last thing, and we'll close with this, this, faith leads us to invest our everything for the sake of the kingdom. Faith leads us to give up everything for the sake of the kingdom. There is nothing that we have that we're not willing to surrender to Jesus for the sake of of the kingdom. Let me close reading to you a portion of scripture found in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13. After talking about many people of faith, this is what the writer says. These people all died in faith. They didn't receive the things promised, but they saw them from afar. And having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the, uh, they acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land for which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. I'm not going to read the rest of that. Let me just say this. When we place our faith in the person of Jesus Christ, we realize that this is not a philosophy. This is not a theory. This is not just a good story that we love to hear. This is a living relationship with a real God who calls us to walk by faith. And, oh, we realize that faith is difficult. We realize that taking steps of faith means that we cannot see what God is going to do sometimes. We realize that taking steps of faith is literally stepping into the unknown. And the only thing that we know is that no matter where God leads us, we're called more than conquerors and he'll give us the victory. We know one thing for certain, we'll be victorious and conquerors, but we don't know what that victory is going to look like. 
The Bible says God gave victory through some by giving them resurrection power and raising people from the dead and, and allowing them to overcome armies. But God also gave victory to some by allowing them to be tormented and to die for the kingdom. What our story would look like, I, we don't know at the end, really. And we don't really have the right to tell God how it's supposed to look like. But he calls us to walk by faith. And those who walk by faith are those who say, I give up everything for the sake of your kingdom. And if you're like me, you're able to say, God, I give up everything. And even what I don't know I need to give up that's there, and you know that I need to give up, and I'm not even ready to give it up. Lord, thank you. One day, I'm going to give that up because you're going to show me it, and I'm going to give it up. Amen. That's just the way of the kingdom. Reality is if God showed us everything at once, we won't be able to handle it. Thank God for his grace. Would you stand with me today? So what does faith look like for 2018 in your life? I want your faith in Jesus to lead you to this place that you have a hopeful expectation of life after death. I want your faith in Jesus to strengthen you, to put up with whatever the Lord has appointed for you to go through for the sake of his kingdom. And I want your faith in Jesus to be so tangible, to be so real, to be so strong that people can look at your life and say, whoa, whoa that woman of God, that man of God is living for Jesus. The way he talks to people, the way he handles his finances, the way that he does life shows that he lives for Jesus. Amen. Would you pray with me? Hallelujah. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Lord God, that this year is going to be a year of walking by faith. I thank you, Lord, that you will begin to give dreams and visions to people. And some, you've already given them dreams and visions, but they put them to the side. And you're saying, pick those up. I thank you, Lord, that you're not only going to give dreams and visions to people, but you're also given a cross. It's the way of the kingdom. There are certain things you're calling us to give up for you. And by faith, we will. Lord, I thank you that the faith of your people will be strong because their faith is placed in you. I thank you that this year will be a year marked by walking by faith and not by sight. I bless every family here in the name of Jesus, every individual here in the name of Jesus. And I pray, oh God, that you would open their eyes and their ears to your call over their lives. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So we pray right now, and we're gathered here today. Church, maybe you're here today, and you're saying, you know what, Pastor? I sense that God's calling me to take a step of faith in 2018 in the way that I, that I just uh, do life and relationships and my finances. And I want to give that to God. And I, I don't know what that's going to look like, but I say to the Lord, Lord, I give you permission to teach me, to show me, and I really just sense urgently that God is wanting me uh, uh, to, to take a step of faith, but I don't really know what that's like. Some of you are here, and of course you know that God's calling you to walk by faith, but you know what that looks like for 2018. 
Some of you are really battling with that reality and what that looks like. And you're saying, I want to I have direction from God in my life in that. Would you come to the altar right now? We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to pray with you. We believe that God is a God of revelation. If you need prayer in that area, we'd like to welcome you to just come up at this time. Maybe you're here today. This may be a tough one. But it's one of the unspoken no-nos in church. And that is that there are a lot of people who, even though they have faith in Jesus, they really have a hard time with the reality of death. They have a hard time with that. And they don't think about eternity because they just, there's a lot of fear in that. And to be clear, nobody here who's alive has been on the other side. So it's like getting on a roller coaster we've never been before and it's about to drop into the unknown, right? There's always that human fear. But there are some of you here who would say that you've been arrested by that fear. And, and that it's hindered your ability uh, or your relationship with God because you're not really excited about the kingdom. Not really excited about thinking about eternity. I know that I found myself there for many years. I said, wow, I got so much to be excited about. What am I doing? And I realized that because I was thinking so wrong about that, I couldn't live for the kingdom now. Because I was scared of the kingdom then, then I couldn't be free to live for the kingdom now. And if you're here today, and that's you. I want to tell you that there's many Christians who struggle like that. But you don't have to. You're saying, I want to live joyous about the reality of eternity. Would you come to the altar right now? Let's pray together. Let's celebrate the promises of God together. God's perfect love cast out fear. Be here today. Receive the love of God. Be excited about all that awaits you in eternity. This is the last the last call. Um, some of you, your faith in Jesus, as I was praying, I said, Lord, how, where do we go from this message? What do you want me to, how, do, how are we supposed to respond? In a very simple way, the Lord just says, you know, some of us are really struggling in our faith because our devotional life is struggling. We don't have a daily time of being in the Word and fellowshipping with Jesus. And I want you to hear this. Jesus, Jesus is waiting for us to meet Him at our table, as we read our Bibles, he's going to be with us. And this year, you need to commit to your devotional life. You need to figure out how to get accountability to make sure that you do that. Whatever it takes, you got to get that devotional going. And, and you know, God's speaking into your life. And you're saying, I need to be about my prayer, my reading the word this year. I realize that my lack of faith in certain areas is because of my lack of practice. And that if that's you, right where you're at, would you raise your hand right where you're at? Papa, right now for my brothers and my sisters who raised their hands. They know that there's a weakness in their faith. And it's not because they don't believe in who they, you are. It's just because of the distractions of life and a weak devotional life. There's no condemnation here. There's no judgment. But I thank you for awakening their appetite. And through this 21-day fast, you will awaken their appetite to walk with you and to knowing you, Lord. I bless them, and I thank you that you will give them ears to hear and eyes to see. In Jesus' name. And today, of course, how can we close this New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve service without giving you an opportunity? If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, do you know that you're loved by God? That he died on the cross for your sins? And that he wants you to walk in closeness with him. 
If you've not given your life to Jesus yet, would you come to the altar? Come, come talk to me. I want to introduce you to Jesus. I want to introduce you to eternal life. If you don't know Jesus, would you join me here at the altar? I'd like to welcome you into the kingdom of God and the joy that there is for those who know him. Amen. We'd love to pray with you. God bless you. Have a happy new year. May your year be filled with the presence of God. Amen. Amen. The altars are open. We're going to be praying for those.